No code, low code. For financial institutions, it's a question of using fintech to keep up with the demands of consumers who are experiencing financial overload. How can institutions make good on their promises and intentions to help people achieve financial wellness? To find out, we'll talk to Stephen McKean, the co-founder of Apex Edge. From the studios of Karma Productions Worldwide in Chicago, this is Lou Carlozo's Bankadelic. Bankadelic, the colorful side of finance, where we supply expert views, riff on the news, innovate and investigate, actionable insights, unscripted banking with a caffeine kick. I'm your host, Lou Carlozo, inviting you to sit back, grab a cuppa, kick up your feet. Here we go. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Bankadelic, the newest, the latest, the greatest. Well, (laughs) we're going to live up to that promise today with our incredible guest who's going to talk about financial wellness, Stephen McKean, based in Miami. Stephen is the co-founder of Apex Edge. That's a partner enablement platform that offers monthly bill and subscription management solutions to support the financial health of consumers. Stephen launched the company with the belief that Apex Edge could help society thrive through better financial wellness. At Apex Edge, Stephen's role is to set the overall strategic direction and build the team to deliver outstanding experiences for customers. Stephen, welcome to Bankadelic. Thank you very much for having me today, Lou. Much appreciated. Now, before we get into talking about financial wellness and all of that, I couldn't help but notice on the background of your LinkedIn page, you've got the Miami Orange Bowl. Okay, growing up, Don Shula and Bob Greasy were like gods to me. And that one perfect season that the Miami Dolphins did, I'm seeing Orange Bowl there. Is there a story behind that? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for noticing that. I think that may be the second or third time I've ever been asked about it. There's yeah, a story. So I grew up in Miami and you know, I was very fortunate. My father took our family to, my God, 20 years of Miami Hurricane football, 15 years of Miami Dolphin football, saw my first concerts there. So, you know, Miami and particularly the Miami Orange Bowl is something that is near and dear to my heart. And I remember when we went to the Miami Nebraska National Championship game. I was a kid peering down the field. You saw all these guys in orange jackets. It was the Orange Bowl Committee. You know, about 10 years ago, I was fortunate enough to be admitted as a member of the Orange Bowl Committee. So now I'm one of those guys with an orange jacket. And for me, the Orange Bowl Stadium and the Orange Bowl Committee really complete that thread of being a Miami boy. That is fantastic. It's just so cool to see that kind of loyalty for the hometown, the home team, and the home stadium. So hats off to you. Now, speaking of hats off, this work that you're doing in financial wellness is just absolutely commendable. Yet there are a lot of things behind the curtain that people might not necessarily know about or appreciate. And one of those things is the whole idea of low code, no code. Explain that to me and give me an understanding how that makes the whole machine go. Sure. I appreciate that. So there could always be a little confusion about us. So we rebranded the company back in late 2019 to Apex Edge. 
And Apex Edge is the B2B2C platform company that powers fintech apps and credit unions and other fintech companies. And Bill Shark is just the direct-to-consumer piece. And what we found in our journeys, if you lay it out, and what we do is subscription cancellations, subscription management, and bill negotiation. And we offer those services through our API. And so what we found in the marketplace is you had on one side, call it content producers that were more than happy to just have an affiliate link, you know, get paid for leads. And then on the other side, you had larger institutions that wanted to control the entire experience and they wanted to plug into the API. And then you had this yawning gap in the middle, call it banks that aren't in the top 15 credit unions. And this yawning gap really demanded that we develop a widget or low-code solution that could sit on top of our API. And so we launched this in alpha in April. We have our first two test customers going since May. And, you know, the early results are encouraging. We're finding a good amount of interest from credit unions, fintech apps. And the problem that it solves is the following. If you're a company and you have limited IT resources, it'll be hard to do an API because you have a lot of the UI UX heavy lifting. And at the same time, you don't want an affiliate link where there's no customization at all. And so this really fits in a sweet spot where they can plug in a widget, pre-populate the data, have some customization over the UI UX, but not have all that heavy lifting. It essentially sits in between a referral link and an API. It's in its early days and the conversion returns, you know, how customers flow through and convert is encouraging. Now, I know recently, having talked to a number of people in financial services, that there was some fear of the unknown surrounding APIs, that in some way it might make an institution less competitive or that they were giving something away. Maybe you can help correct some of those mistaken notions about APIs based on your own experience. Well, I mean, that's a pretty wide and deep topic. Um, <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, when we think about APIs, I mean, the first layer is being an API first company. And that means our entire architecture is serverless and microservices. So instead of having one glued together system, that's not very agile. An API architected system is going to be much more flexible. Everything is just architected at a more granular level. And then when you've built those APIs, you then have a second strategic choice, which is, do you want to expose them? And when I hear that question about institutions exposing APIs and they're giving something away for free, it sounds like to me a lot of the evolution in the industry around companies like Plaid and FinCity and accessing customer accounts. And does a large institution decide to, you know, are we going to screen scrape or do APIs I think at the end of the day, you have to follow the customer and, you know, the customers want portability of their data. They want to transact where they want to transact. And so you kind of have this choice. Well, we're giving something away for free, but if you don't have a strategy around it, you're going to have slower growth or lose customers. Now, some of the brilliance I see going on 
with your API in the plug and play widget surrounds bill negotiation and subscription cancellation. I just saw a bill pop up on my bank account for $150 for an annual subscription that I had no idea. The rate jumped and I'm freaking out like I gotta cancel this thing. It seems that you have really hit upon some areas that consumers know about, but only when it hits them over the head. Explain to me a little bit about why you pick these areas, why they are so critical to what you're doing. I think when we step back and we look at the landscape, you have just amazing innovation in fintech. And a lot of that innovation is around identity or crypto or lending or underwriting. Lending and underwriting, I'm kind of throwing in the same bucket. And our thought was, well, you know, many of us on the founding team come from the services industry. You know, we know the creep of bills. We know the creep of subscriptions. JP Morgan actually released a study that they did two months ago that the average consumer, it takes them three months to cancel a subscription once they discover they want to cancel it. And so we thought there's a really interesting set of services here to go from insights to action. What we've seen coming out of, call it inside the pandemic and accelerating outside of the pandemic is having larger institutions want to integrate these services. And so I feel pretty confident that you're going to see in late 21 or into 22, some well-known institutions and well-known fintech apps giving the ability for customers to cancel subscriptions right from their app, right from their budgeting app or right from their banking app you're going to see some really interesting applications. And as you know, it's a long cycle. It takes time. And there's a lot of interest because at the end of the day, you know, whether it's FIs or credit unions or large fintech apps, they want to solve problems for customers and they can help put actual dollars back in their pocket, such as your example about the subscription that popped up. That's a great way to build loyalty. Like, wow. Wow, indeed. Wow, when I got the bill. <laughs> Wow, when I finally get it taken care of. And what you're pointing to underlies why I feel so privileged to talk to someone like you on the podcast, Stephen, because financial wellness is a cornerstone. I think that the awareness in terms of its importance to consumers and the ability to grow customer loyalty are really coming to a head. I'm interested in why this is a passion point for you and why you have really staked your career and the business you founded on the financial wellness angle? You know, myself and certainly colleagues and friends of mine do have a lot of money staked on this. And why is it important? I think for me, this is important because at the end of the day, it's a typical thing in a capitalist society. You have larger companies that I wouldn't say pray, but that certainly they have all the algorithms, people, and systems to maximize their profitability from consumers. And consumers don't have the time, they're apathetic. And I'll just give you an example. You know, the average customer on a bill negotiated through us will save $325 per bill per year. If they put, you know, two bills through us, that's $500. If they cancel subscriptions, that's six, $700. And when you start to compound that through the years, that becomes thousands of dollars. That becomes a car, a wedding, a year of college tuition. And so I think at the end of the day, why I feel so passionate about this is I want 
mothers, fathers, you know, kids coming into their own families to do well. And when they know that at night they're going to be like, hey, I did the best I could, whether it was making money or saving money. If we could just be a part of that, we know we're contributing to that individual's overall well-being, whether it's their mental health, their financial health. I know that sounds rather squishy, but we know at the end of the day, we're building a business that we're doing good for society. We're doing good for families. You know, we're just doing good. You see it in our reviews, you know, the stories that people tell. But I think at the end of the day, when you can create a business that is doing good for society and families and individuals, you can feel good at night about that. It's not just doing good, Stephen. It's doing excellent, really. And it, to me, has been a question of do banks and financial institutions get that what is good for people is good for business. As I said earlier, the awareness is growing. We need more people like you. And I would want to underline that point that you just made about the connection between financial wellness and mental wellness, that yep. so much of stress in life comes from the fact that the bills aren't being paid on time or my paycheck isn't keeping up, or especially in 2020, all of the people who lost jobs, the Bureau of Labor Statistics indicated that in April of 2020, unemployment hit 14.9%, which is absolutely astounding. So you couldn't be coming along at a better time. Yeah. I mean, I'm a big believer in mental health and mental health. There's a lot of pillars that undergrid it and financial health is definitely one of them. I know it sounds rather simplistic. And in terms of larger institutions, you know, wherever they play in the finance ecosystem, I definitely think there's a lot of curiosity, a lot of experimentation, a lot of awareness, and we'll see how things materialize in the next 18 months. Speaking of which, in the next 18 months for your company, it sounds like you've got a lot of exciting things going on. As you look ahead, what types of things are you really looking forward to that Apex Edge can accomplish? I think there's been a little bit of over-indexation on subscription cancellations and the interest there. Just because it's a binary product, it's easy to understand. And I think we have a number of just exciting partners that were in the process of working through, and we're just extremely focused on making them successful. I can't say much more than that, but you know, there's a lot of interest in cancellations and we have a lot of work going on there. The interest in cancellations on Bankadelic amounts to an interest in return <laughs> visits. So I am really hoping you can make some time to come back with us. I've really enjoyed this conversation. We touched on some really important topics. It's great to see you and Apex Edge in the midst of those. Thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate you having us. And we look forward to returning and giving an update and telling you how things unfolded. Fabulous. Stephen McKean is the co-founder of Apex Edge. He is based in Miami, Florida. You can look for Stephen on LinkedIn. Thank you so much, Lou. You're listening to Lou Carlozo's Bankadelic, the colorful side of finance. This podcast is brought to you by our friends at NMD Plus, based in London, Chicago, and Austin, Texas. If you like what you've heard here, be sure to check out NMD Plus's financial technology podcast, Dave and Darm Demystify, with hosts Dave Wallace and Darmesh Mystery. Bankadelic.
sponsored by the William Mills Agency. For close to 40 years, the William Mills Agency has served hundreds of companies that provide a wide range of products and services in the banking, payments, mortgage, credit union, and related markets. The William Mills Agency is the largest provider of PR and marketing services for companies that market to the financial industry. For more information, visit williammills.com. Have you thought about how you'll gain the upper hand in your search for stellar talent? Banker Hire leverages a niche industry with uncommon insight. They're committed to finding you qualified commercial and community banking, lending, compliance, HR, retail, and wealth talent. Banker Hire prides itself on listening and solving problems. Their approach is 100% hands-on and heads-up, giving you what you need to make smart, actionable decisions. For more information, visit BankerHire.com. Quantic is the adaptive digital bank that offers entrepreneurs, immigrants, millennials, low-income families, seniors, and others innovative banking products and services which embrace the diversity of circumstances that exist in the lives of customers while elevating their financial strength. For more information, visit QuanticBank.com. That's Q-U-O-N-T-I-C-Bank.com. You know, I was curious about what all this CPI stuff was in finances, and then... I decided to go get me an ape, and with his ape eyes, he can see all sorts of stuff like where to buy the best bananas, and where to cancel banana subscriptions. So then, he can turn around and get me twice as many banana subscriptions. And on top of that, how to invest in bananas, and how not to go bananas with my finance. Isn't that right? Oh, I just have to give you a name now. How about... Pookie Bear. Yo, oh, you like that, huh? Okay, Pookie Bear, let's go out and see what we can wrestle up with your APIs to find some bananas. But now, Bankadelic presents Three Bullseyes. Number one. Our entire architecture is serverless and microservices. So instead of having one glued together system that's not very agile, an API architected system is going to be much more flexible. Everything is just architected at a more granular level. Number two. I feel pretty confident that you're going to see in late 21 or into 22 some well known institutions and well known fintech apps giving the ability for customers to cancel subscriptions right from their app, right from their budgeting app or right from their banking app. You're gonna see some really interesting applications. Number three. You have to follow the customer and the customers want portability of their data. They wanna transact where they wanna transact. And so you kinda have this choice. Well, we're giving something away for free, but if you don't have a strategy around it, you're gonna have slower growth or lose customers. And now, lose views. Today on the podcast, Stephen McKean of Apex Edge spoke convincingly about the need to help people achieve financial wellness by taking apart some of those expenditures that gnaw away at savings. For every bill savings, there is the potential, multiplied over time, 
to pay for some major expense like a wedding or vacation or some sort of capital improvement to a home. Here we have to look at something important. As those working in the financial services industry, we not only have to offer the tools, but maybe coach people. B.J. Fogg, who is an American social scientist and currently a research associate at Stanford University, has come up with an incredibly powerful idea in a small package, you might say. His book, Tiny Habits, outlines how people taking very small incremental steps can achieve major changes. And here's why that's important. Most people are overwhelmed by the prospect of trying to make changes in their financial lives that will help them achieve financial wellness. Well, according to Fogg's model, all you have to do is break it down to the smallest step. Once you gain confidence, you take more steps. It might sound like a silly model, but in truth, it is a very powerful model. So here's the deal. If we can get through that message that tiny changes make a big difference, we can partner with customers to change their financial health and as a result, change their lives, lower their stress, and gain their trust. All we have to do is take that tiny step. Thanks for tuning in to Bankadelic. We hope you join us next time and check back in the weeks ahead as we build our podcast vault. Our producer in Chicago is Jenny Elman. Thanks again to the William Mills Agency for their generous sponsorship. Thanks to Banker Hire. Thanks also to Quantic. I'm Lou Carlozo. You can catch me on LinkedIn and someday on my Vaudeville YouTube channel, Rink-a-Dink-Dink-In. Until next time, so long. Bankadelic is a production of NMD+, London, Chicago, and Austin, Texas.